Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to our book reading for today, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue on page 173, The Muslims Tend to Their Own. After this challenge, Abu Sufyan went back and the pagan troops began leaving the area. They rode their camels and kept their horses by their side to indicate the end of the battle and that they were headed for Makkah. Their inexplicable decision to head back was nothing but a sign of Allah's grace upon the Muslims, for nothing stood between the pagans and Medina. Had they pressed on, they would have found no opposition in the defenseless city, and the course of history would have been entirely different. After the departure of the enemy, the Muslims came to the battlefield to take care of the wounded and martyred. Some of the dead were transported to Medina, but the Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered that the martyrs be brought back on the site of their deaths and that they be buried in battle dress without a bathe and funeral prayer. He also buried two to three martyrs in a single grave. In some cases, he directed his companions to shroud the martyrs in pairs. The martyr who had learnt more of the Qur'an was lowered in the grave first. Paying tribute to their sacrifice in the cause of Allah, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I shall be a witness unto them on the day of resurrection. As they retrieved the bodies of their martyred brothers, the people came upon the body of Handla bin Abu Amr, above the earth with water dripping from it. The Prophet, peace be upon him, explained to his men, The angels are bathing him. Apparently, the newly married Handler had just consummated his marriage when the call for jihad was made. Without even stopping to bathe, he left his bride and rushed into the battlefield. Handler fought heroically and was martyred. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, explained that the angels were bathing him to purify his body. Handler was forever remembered as the one bathed by the angels. It was time to bury Hamza as well. The dead hero had earned Allah's pleasure, and that was more rewarding than the ostentation of a grand burial. In fact, he was shrouded in a sheet so small that when his head was covered, his feet was barred, and when his feet was covered, his head was exposed. Some rushes were then put over his feet. The martyrs had been buried and Allah's blessings invoked upon them. Now it was time for the Prophet, peace be upon him, to return to Medina. On the way, he stopped to give solace to some women whose relatives had fallen in the field. His invocation of Allah's blessings upon them comforted them immensely. Many of the bereaved Muslims bore their losses with patience and took comfort in knowing that their Prophet, peace be upon him, was safe although they had lost their own loved ones in the bargain. The following incident illustrates the priority the Muslims placed on the Prophet's safety. A group of Muslims returning from the battle encountered a woman from the tribe of Banu Dinar. Her husband, brother and father had all been killed at Uhud. When she was told of each of their deaths, she responded each time, First, tell me about the Prophet. The people replied, Thanks to Allah, he is safe. But the woman was not satisfied with the men's assurances and asked to see for herself how the Prophet, peace be upon him, was. When the people brought her to him, she said simply, Now that you are safe, every grief has vanished. Back in Medina, the Muslims spent the night on high alert. After all, they were still in a state of emergency. Exhausted and wounded, they were also overcome by deep sorrow and remorse at the actions of a few who had risked the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him himself. 
They all insisted on guarding the Prophet. The Prophet, on the other hand, felt that it was far more important to monitor the retreating enemy's movements carefully. He wanted to be prepared in case of a surprise attack on Medina. The very next morning, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent a crier to announce that all those who had fought in the Battle of Uhud should prepare to pursue the enemy. Every Muslim who had fought at Uhud the day before followed the Prophet, peace be upon him, out of Medina, regardless of fatigue and injury. Thus they set out from Medina and camped at Hamra al-Assad, eight miles away. The pagans were camped at Roha, 36 miles from Medina, holding a war council. Much recrimination was traded as the troops berated their leaders. Why had they squandered the advantage by not entering Medina? At this moment, the Muslim camp was also pondering strategy. Ma'abad bin Abi Sa'id Hazai, who was a well-wisher of the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to him at Hamra al-Assad and commiserated about the events at Uhud. The Prophet asked him to approach Abu Sufyan and use scare tactics to hit the pagans off. Ma'abad accordingly reached Roha, where the mood was in favor of returning to attack Medina. Ma'abad dismayed the pagans with his description of the ferocity of the Muslims and the extensive preparations for a new encounter. Muhammad has come out with a horde, the like of which I have never seen. They are intent on revenge, and their mood is terrifyingly bloodthirsty. I think you will soon spot the vanguard appearing from behind this hill. The ruse worked. The Makkan troops lost their bravado and Abu Sufyan confined his response to a similar ski campaign. He decided to do some sabre rattling of his own. He instructed a caravan to scare the Muslims by saying that the Makkans were ready for another round. Meanwhile, Abu Sufyan and his soldiers hurried back to Medina. Having come so close to defeat, the subdued Muslims who heard this warning were prepared to fight on. The threat of renewed attack only stiffened their resolve. They responded by quoting the following verse. The hypocrite said, Verily the pagans have gathered against you, so fear them. But this increased the Muslims in faith, and they replied, Allah is sufficient for us, and he is the best to determine our fears. Chapter 3, verse 173. There was no further volley of threats, and the resulting calm is best described in the following verse. Thus they returned with the blessings and favor of Allah. No evil touched them, and they sought nothing but Allah's pleasure, and Allah is munificent beyond measure. Chapter 3, verse 174. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. If you'd like to download this and other podcasts, you're welcome to do so. Go to vocfm.iono.fm and click on the book reading channel. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.